You're listening to the Flighty Broads podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. And I am your co-host, Eva. And we're here to talk about um, Homestuck FF ships, both Canon and Fanon. Uh, yes, we will be just talking about a lot of Homestuck FF ships. In this instance, we're starting with Rosemary. So this is a Rosemary episode, um, and we decided to do this podcast because while there's a lot of a lot of boy focus in the fandom, most of the AO, like an overwhelming majority of the AO3 fix are like MM ships. Yeah, there's just AO3 is just very MM focused. Like even there's more MF ships than there are FF ships, and a lot of FF ships are like background and other stuff. Especially Rosemary, um, it's the most popular FF ship, but it's put in the background of a lot of ships, so, yep. Yeah, the background Rosemary is, like, a very popular issue, but I think it was an issue ever since I got in the fandom that never really got fixed by AO3 standards. That's, yeah, and it's frustrating, because Rosemary is actually a really interesting pairing. And there are a lot of really interesting pairings between, like, the girls, because Homestuck has... Homestuck has really good girl characters, and they have complex relationships with each other, and there should be more fic focused on them. Absolutely. I love just FF-focused ships, and I just love the FF Homestuck ships because they're very, very good, and I think people should talk more about them. Yeah. Forget about Gamtav. Let's talk more about Viserezi. Yes. Throw away your Gantavs, stop sleeping, holding to a motherfucker, and go to the Versace tag. <laughs> you can't, you don't need a motherfucker to sleep. You don't <laughs> have to <hold> <laughs> Yeah. So, Rosemary um, is a good ship to start with because it was the first canon FF ship in Homestuck. Oh, yeah. We usually forget that, but yeah, way back in the times, it was really very heavily implied, and also just it was one of, one of the first ones to become really canon. So Kanaya was like the first character in Homestuck to show like same gender attraction, right? So um, yeah, I'm pretty sure like, like there's a lot of same gender attraction that's just like characters being ironic and joking, especially Dave and Rose for just constantly accusing the other of being gay but but that's besides the point can i have i'm pretty sure she was like the first character to just be um very i'm not sure the word is but like she was op not openly but textually gay just actually interested in girls yeah and so rosemary is a really good pairing it's it's probably one of the most popular them slash sips of all time right Oh, yes. Usually when you see, like, lists of the most popular ships, like, across all pairings, Rosemary is one of the most popular. And when you just count, like, Femflash, they're also one of the most popular. So they're just a very important ship. Um, and they're also the origin of the name of our podcast, right? Right, because Flighty Broads is a reference to Rosemary, because... Uh, Kanaya tries to n nickname Rose Flighty Broad, and um, and also they have the fl the in their interactions they have the Flighty Broads in their snarky horseshit o meter, which measures like how 
basically their um yeah basically how while they're trolling the other like yeah. trolling was a relevant word in 2010 yeah and and so yeah this this name was like the name we came up for our podcast because i don't know really, we like it and it's fun like flighty broads and their sapphic hardship yeah, flighty broads right? for short yes or just flighty broads for short because that's like way too much of a long name, and um, and I really wanted to start Rosemary because they're just such an important ship. There's just so much to talk about. So Rose and Kanaya work really well together in my eyes because they're interesting. Because we have Rose, who's a girl who's like very guarded. She doesn't like to be helped. And we have Kanaya, the girl who, like, the first thing we learn about her, pretty much, is that she likes to help. One of the first things we learn is that she likes to help everybody. Uh, yes. Kanaya just, she meddles with everything she sees. She's constantly meddling and wanting to help and fix others. And it's so funny, so interesting how these two were made to work together. Yeah. Because they're, essentially, they were written for each other. They were made for each other. Like at Kanaya's introduction, we know that Rose's FAQ was so important to her growing up and playing the session. We're kind of destined to be together. They're written like as destined to be together because Kanaya is the one who finds the FAQ and reads it. And I think she she sort of she I don't know what the right word is here, but she sort of idolizes Rose, like or sees Rose as a role model when she doesn't know who Rose is. When she's reading the FAQ. Oh. oh, yes. I even like to think that Kanaya somewhat grew up, like the way she acts, the way her wording is so convoluted, she kind of based it on Rose's FAQ because she was so, she idolized it so much, Rose, that she kind of just um, adopted the way she speaks into her own speech. That's a really interesting headcanon. I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah, um, and and so they they are like they're not supposed to work together. Rose hates condescension. She hates to be told what to do. She is very antagonistic and like rivals everyone who is above her. So a girl can like Kanaya who actively wants to help her would was not really supposed to work, but it works in a really good way, a really interesting way. Uh, I don't think they would have... I think the way they started off is really interesting because they start off um, with a misunderstanding. Uh, Kanaya trolls Rose, but um, the one answering is Egbert, and then Kanaya's like, oh, wow, this is so dumb. This person is so dumb. And then next time Kanaya trolls Rose, she's like... Um, she starts off with that line. Um, we'll we'll edit it in, but oh yeah. Why is it that when the subject of temporal mechanics is broached, your sparing human intellects instantly assume the most ingratiating posture of surrender imaginable? Which is definitely like a very it's an anti an antagonistic approach. And I think Rose kind of thrives on mu that mutual antagonism at first, because Rose um, wants to figure her out. Rose wants yeah, Rose, herself. Rose wants to struggle. She, she wants a rival. She doesn't want someone who wants to help her. She, she, she really wants someone who challenges her. 
Yeah. So she just thinks Kanai is really interesting because it's a new thing in her life. And like, this is like, I think right when she was on her 13th birthday, like when she got Egbert's gift. Yeah. And it's funny, like after Kanaya talked the first time with Rose, which was actually Egbert, she talked with Egbert even earlier on. And Egbert was just like, oh, no, I think she was trolling you, actually. I think you should talk to her again. And it's just like, I like to say that Egbert is just like number one Rosemary stand. Because yeah. they just help Rosemary work so well. Yeah, definitely if Kanaya had approached Rose and been like immediately, wow, you're so smart, I read your FAQ, I think Rose wouldn't have found that as interesting as like... Yeah. Well, I think Rose, Rose might have been interested if it were like placed in, depending on the on when they when she trolled her, but it was still like, if it hadn't been for Egbert, I don't think they would have started off in the way they did. Yes, and and then after this conversation, can I like goes back in time to talk with Rose, and Rose gets interesting because I mean it is an interesting thing this time traveling alien i mean that's time traveling like who can conversate with her in any time frame like they don't really talk much after that immediately after but she's interesting in it it's just like what other option do i have but to follow with this yeah and i think because they don't their conversations aren't linear at first like I, i don't remember the exact order but um Rose's conversation, like Kanaya will have conversations with Rose in the fu- in Rose's future, and then go back, obviously. And then Rose will like have conversations with future Kanaya, and you remember how it goes. Oh yes, yes. And then the interesting part where really it starts the antagonism is when like future Kanaya goes back in time to throw Rose. Like even before the Rose had didn't had her first conversation with Kanaya, which was actually Egbert. Gosh, this is so complicated. But yeah, yeah. and then in that conversation, Kanaya essentially gives information to Rose about how to throw Kanaya herself. It's just like she's almost giving the upper hand to Rose. Yeah, and sure. like, there's even like that inter- interesting bit, like she sends the log. And Rose is just like, wow, what if I don't follow the log? And she's like, well, what if I edited the log? And when you, by not following it, you're just typing what actually was in there. And then Rose is like, wow, so I'm just going to transcribe it word by word. Well, but what if I changing it was a lie and you transcribing it word by word, we just made, made the dog real again. So she really takes away Rose's choice, like, I mean, she puts Rose in a complicated position. And Rose definitely thrives on that, on being challenged. Oh, yes. Rose loves this. Like, she wants a challenge. She wants a challenge for her to beat. And then later, there she's asleep, and Egbert has the conversation with Kanaya. And then Kanaya, who... Oh, gosh, this is so complicated. But then, like, past Kanaya, who just had, like, her conversation with... Rose, which was Rose's first conversation. Yeah, it's definitely... Goes, yes, what? I, oh, I was just going to say, I think, like, I, I'm just going to, like, read off the order. Um, So, um, 
Rose's first conversation with Kanaya was Kanaya's second conversation with Rose. Rose's second conversation with Kanaya was was Kanaya's seventh with Rose. Um, Rose's third conversation with Kanaya was Kanaya's first with Rose. Rose's fourth conversation with Kanaya is Kanaya's third with Rose. Rose's fifth conversation with Kanaya is Kanaya's fourth with Rose. Rose's sixth conversation with Kanaya is Kanaya's fifth with Rose. And then Kanaya's seventh conversation is... No, Rose's seventh conversation is Kanaya's sixth with Rose. And they don't really get on equal ground um, until, like, the eighth conversation. And that's when Kanaya... um, When Rose asks Kanaya for her name, which I thought was, like, sweet, because it's they they're finally on the same page. Yes, it's really interesting, just, like... They're they're on equal grounds. This is yeah. This is really the first conversation where they are on equal grounds. And so, by Rose asking Kanaya, "Do trolls have names?" She's really just like humanizing. I don't know just like yeah, like getting on the same page, being closer, more per- personal relationship. And then, wow. and like, and Kanaya's consequent trolling att- attempts to troll Rose after. <laughs> After giving Rose all that information, like Rose is just like, like I'm busy, I can talk now. And so Kanai is just constantly trying to throw Rose, but like she's on the disadvantage because Rose always seems to know more than Kanaya and always have the upper hand. Yeah. I think we've we've gone over the order somewhat enough. We can go back to that in a little bit. But I really do think that their relationship is very much based on like when they're on the same page it sort of cements them as like a relationship of mutual respect. Yeah, especially because really the next conversation we have on that is their 16th. So we just kind of know that they talk a lot after this, but we, we don't really see it. It's just important yeah. to know that they're very close now. And it's really interesting seeing Rose open up to someone who's not one of her close friends that she knew from before. Is not one of the beta kids mm-hmm. because, yeah. like I said, Rose is Rose. Rose has a lot of walls up. She's she definitely does not like to open up to people. But we do we do see her sort of softening around Kanaya, and it's pretty sweet actually. Um, yes, Rose is like really close to the beta kids, which I think is really just like she's someone that takes time to grow fond of others. Yeah. And yeah, seeing her get close to Kanaya is just. Really interesting because I post about this, but Rose has very complicated relationships with making herself vulnerable. She really does. And yeah. I, oh, you want to say? And that's why I think Kanaya is such a good, like Kanaya and Rose are very good together, I think, for multiple reasons. But also, you know, like I said, Rose learns to open up with Kanaya, who will, who is the kind of person who wants to help people, who cares. And it's just nice to see Rose like let her walls d- d- down a little, let her guard down. Yes, it's really good to see Rose growing up, because Rose, thirteen-year-old Rose, is really someone who wants to open up, but she has such a hard time to do it. Sure. And so the the way Rose and Kanaya's relationship started, their conversations is like the perfect way for them to start opening up a relationship and start opening up to each other because Kanaya had and they made a huge respect for Rose initially 
And I don't think Rose is the type of person who really wanted a, someone who respected her. She wanted someone to challenge her. And yeah. so by making them antagonistic, a relation, their relationship antagonistic by an accident really just made it easier for them to grow closer to each other later. And I think Rose is good for Kanaya too, just because, well, Rose, well, Rose is definitely soother. And Rose very much like, Rose validates Kanaya. You see, like, she engages in conversation with her, they chat, and it, I think Kanaya, Kanaya is some initially like somewhat intimidated by Rose, I think. But after getting to know her, she's, she learns that, okay. Well, first, like, second, that this person who she... First, that she really likes this person. Second, that this person who she really likes, likes her back. And, like, even even before she knew it was romantic, that's definitely... That's always a huge ego boost. It's also... It was also important, I think, for Kanaya after her, um, her complicated past with Vriska. Mm-hmm. And... And, um... What else was I going to say... I don't know. They're, they're like they're a good couple. They complement each other. They just they they work so well together as a couple. And I completely forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh yeah, like Kanaya was very intimidated by Rose by the start because she idolized Rose so much. She was scared to meet her and mess things up. Which which is why like she only brings up brings up that she read Rose walkthrough so much later. It's because she doesn't want to sound like someone who only wanted, like, there's this is in the book commentary, like, how can I wanted to avoid being like someone who met Rose because of the walkthrough? She first wants to meet Rose and be friends with her, and then she's going to mention, like, oh, yes, I read your walkthrough, like, it's no big deal. Like, it's no big deal that you're my childhood hero. Yeah. I think Kanaya is, like, Definitely, personally, I remember when I was reading Homestuck, I definitely found Kanaya more relatable than Rose. Although, like, I did relate to Rose in some ways, but um, with Kanaya, I definitely, I know what the feeling is of, like, really, I think everyone knows the feeling is, like, really liking someone and being, like, very self-conscious in in front of them. And I think, well, both Kanaya and Rose kind of embody that, actually, because... Rose, like, Rose is still her usual self, but also, like, she's different. She's like, ah, I'm sorry you read my walkthrough. Um, I'm, she was, she got a little embarrassed about it, frankly, which is something we don't see with Rose around anyone else. And, like, to everyone listening, I don't want to make you go back and reread the conversation, so don't worry about that. But just, point is, Rose actually does soften up a lot around Kanaya. Um, yeah, like, when Kanaya brings up the walkthrough, Rose tries to dismiss it, like, oh, that old thing, I, I, like, she doesn't even care about it anymore. Well, um, I think the first challenge of their relationship before they're even in a relationship, really, the first big challenge is the fact that um, Kanaya can see that Rose, well, she doesn't know Rose is going grimdark, but she, she scrolls up on Rose's t- timeline and sees that there's this big, dark spot that she can't, and she can't talk to Rose after that. No, I was gonna say it's almost it's almost tragic. Like, like just thinking if it hadn't worked out, okay, Kanaya's like falling for this girl, and she knows that something terrible is gonna happen to her, and she won't be able to talk to her after that. 
yeah, like she really can't know how severe it's going to be. Like she can only imagine like the worst. And so it's like she's constantly growing closer to her, but also getting closer to the green dark when to just completely being unable to talk to her. And so like the closer that gets, she's just like desperately trying to talk to Rose, just stop doing her things, just go try out some dresses and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then and then she does that convoluted joke where she trains Aridan to be a wizard a a wizard of science to stop Rose and she doesn't know how when to stop the joke. So she actually trains him in yeah. white science. I really I really enjoy the fact that just Aridan as a person being used as the joke is very funny to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really funny. Like, oh, I don't know if we talk about like Rose and Yaridan's dialogue. Or it's so funny. He just shows up and it's just like, magic is fake. Whatever you're doing right now is not magic. But can you please teach me whatever you're doing, which is not magic? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. No. And it's really, was like, it's really funny. And then Aridan's flirting. <laughs> Tries to, to black flirt with her, and then Ro Rose blows up his computer. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, she literally just, like, consider this my first lesson. It's just, like, Caligonus Acquire's computer has exploded. It's so good. I love women. Wow. <laughs> Same. <laughs> gay people. Yeah, gay people. And then... And then is there something else in Grindark to talk about? I remember you noticed that conversation that was... Let me find it. Oh, yes. The, the Dark yeah, Wizard conversation. conversation. Yeah, do you want to read it out loud? Because it's, it's a really interesting conversation. I don't think I even posted about it on Twitter yet. Like, it's really interesting. People should see this conversation because it's just like... It's such a foreshadowing yeah. for... It really relates back to... I guess we should talk a little bit first about um, Homestuck 2, where we sort of have yeah. a similar situation where Kanaya is trying to save Rose from something, but instead of ultimate darkness, she's unable to stop Rose from ascending to like ultimate light, which is very interesting. And I think it's it's that's definitely a challenge in their relationship, I think, because Rose, I mean, it's 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 debatable how much control Rose had over her own ascension. But, like, I don't know, maybe they still need to, like, go to, I don't know, marriage counseling or something after that, especially since Rose is, like, a robot. Oh, yeah, I like to imagine that Rose, that was something Rose somewhat chose. Like, that, that was something she wanted to do in, like, a level. Yeah. Which I guess really ties into her arc where she's someone who... Who's all? Who's like refuses to be controlled by others? She, she just she's always antagonizing her mother. She's destroying her own. She refuses to follow the rules of her own land. But in, in the epilogue, she's just like, okay, do your thing. Yeah, honestly, I think Ultimate Rose as the as the ultimate villain is a really interesting concept. Like, wouldn't it be interesting if she was just using Dirk to ascend? But yeah, it is interesting to think. Yeah. Also, yeah, it's good and it's interesting and it's also good because, you know, evil women, but yeah. Yeah, I always want more evil women. Yeah. Like, 
Ultimate Dirk is funny because you can bully him, but um, <laughs> Ultimate Rose is great because she's an evil woman. Yeah, and I'm excited to see her new design, but and I actually, actually I should actually have read her dialogue in Homestuck too because I kind of forgot all of it. Yeah, I think part of it. I do remember her making jokes about being a robot. Oh yeah, how she just she keeps adding human like she's pretending to be a a generic robot in fiction. She seems to be having a lot more fun, frankly, than Kanaya is in Homestuck too. Yeah, which is really sad yeah. actually, because Kanaya like Kanaya is just she's she, sad she, and she isn't having fun at talking. all. Yeah, she she's sad. She can't stop thinking about her wife all the time. When she started talking about like the little prince, the the story, um, and how the prince wanted lost a rose that he he cherished, look went to try and get it back. I haven't read the little prince fairy tale in a while, but um, oh, but same. yeah, that, I that really got it. to me. And then um, just going back to that topic, I think it's really interesting how Rose's arc was always about like how she refuses to follow the rules, she refuses to be condescended, she refuses to, like, she always is fighting every single authority figure. And, like, and then Homestuck show and the epilogues are almost, like, a resolution of her arc, but in a bad way, where she is no longer fighting against everything, and she just, and she's chill with whatever Dirk has in store for her. But, like, it's not exactly a normal arc resolution. It's like not a, it's interesting like how her arc supposedly resolve, but also not in a way anyone would expect. Yeah. At least, you know, when it comes to meat rose. Candy Rose has a much yeah. I Candy Rose lives a sort of well, happy life. Sort of happy. I mean, she's still, you know, fighting a war, but She's. I think she's happier, and she's like she says so. To she says so. Oh yeah, it's, she doesn't get that much screen time, so we can assume like she's she's having a, a happy life, a somewhat a of a happy Rose life with Mary. her with her wife and her kid. Uh, what? Background Rosemary. Yeah, exactly. It's just. Like, we can assume they're having a happy life, but we not, don't really see it. Yeah. Once, once, you're, once you have a good relationship, your relevance diminishes. Exactly. It, which is why the other ships aren't happening in, in Homestuck too. Like, they have to break up Rosemary and, and Dirk Jake and Vizrazi. And I'm not saying Dirk Cat again. <laughs> Nope, no dirt cat here. No, no dirt cat. And um, can I? I think can we talk more about Rose's arc? Like, just how um, interesting it is. Just. I think a lot of the challenges, um, in Rosemary's relationship are directly tied to Rose's arc, and um, mm -hmm. since part of Rose's arc, at least in the Game Over timeline, and it's implied that it happened in the retcon timeline too but is her alcoholism and yeah and her yeah. grief over losing her mother yeah and that's a struggle because like when she because she and Kanaya begin a relationship during this difficult time and we see that like 
it, it's not easy for them. I mean, even though Rose was like very, very drunk during their first kiss, I still think the panel itself of their first kiss is one of like the, the my favorite panels of, in Homestuck. But yeah, it's hard, and she like she doesn't wa- want to be like she like she doesn't again the, she doesn't normally Rose will, would play therapist to other people, but like she when it comes to herself, she's not going to examine that. Not for a while, anyways, until Kanaya confronts her. I I really love her arc because it's directly tied to, like, being someone who just refuses condescension. Like, she is antagonizing her mother. I mean, I don't think antagonizing, but, like, she she just refuses to everything her mother gives her. And then also in the game, she's just actively refusing to follow the path the game made for her. And then, she, and then, like the thing is, like she doesn't really hate her mother all that much. It's just like antagonism. And then her mother dies, and it's just like, oh fuck! I spent my whole life antagonizing my mother, and now she's dead. And she feels so guilty about that. She also feels guilty about like the game, how she was always like being so over the top. She can never enjoy things. So her arc is directly related to this, to refusing these things. And then dealing with the guilt of refusing these things. Uh, Rose is the character who we see never really get to be a kid. Oh yeah, it's exactly like she just she never she didn't want it to be a kid, and now she has to cope with the fact that she never allowed herself to be a kid. Which yeah, when you see her like in the in drunk in the Redcon timeline, it's exactly that. Like she desperately wants to be like something simpler she wants to play with Cantown. she wants to make a memorial for Vinceroy von Bubble Salamander Salamander yeah. I think like yes that Viceroy Bubbles von Salamander oh I feel no <laughs> von I feel like such a fake fan now <laughs> yeah I, I have to take out away my uh, my thing that says I remember off Homestuck but like like and she's also like self-sabotaging herself she's like self-sabotaging and getting her drunk and simply not showing up to the date she had with kanaya she's getting drunk when they're going to meet the alphas and fight yeah i think a lot of that is probably related to rose i mean rose has a very difficult time being vulnerable and so it might be easier like i can speculate when you're drunk at least yeah exactly it's like it's like she's refusing a a leadership role she's just like you would look at the group and you're like yeah rose would probably be the leader of this group but no she refuses that she's getting drunk she doesn't want to be the leader she doesn't want yeah. to have responsibility yeah and i think a lot um i was just thinking back to what you said about rose never really getting to be a kid and I think part of that is like very much tied to like her being like the child of an addict, and so having mm-hmm. to grow up very, pretty early on and fend for herself. And that, um, like, yeah, her mom loves her, but her mom's neglectful and doesn't really like. It's like Rose has a lot of unresolved issues about that, as she should. And so oh, yes. I don't, she never doesn't really get to be a kid, and it makes sense that she was sort of want to understand her mother more mm-hmm. yeah like she she feels so guilty for 
for all for all that she hated her mother. Like even like right before she dies, she tells June like, uh, tell Roxy I'm so sorry for being a shitty daughter. Like it's so heartbreaking. But like I also just realized that this rose is the rose that becomes Jasper's. Yeah. Which which really explains Jasper's behavior. Like this is the rose that like rejected everything, regretted it, regret it, and then just just cope with it, like move on, like. Jasper is essentially like Rose with a much lesser facade. She doesn't want to pretend. She just wants she just wants to do the things she wants to do. Yeah. Because yeah. of like everything she lost by by that. Yeah, I think a uh, sort of a tragic theme in like just going back to like that that version of Rose lost Kanaya before she could say that she loved her. Which mm-hmm. is like one of the most heartbreaking lines in the entire comic for me. Yeah, but I think it also ties in with like, yes. I think something that's sort of like that you see in Rose and Kanaya's relationship is that things ha- like they keep being too late to save one another or too late to act, like or being stuck in a position where they can't. Like Kanaya doesn't know that when in homestuck 2 that when rose when she sees rose again rose is going to be a robot and have ascended already yeah yeah it's tragic and part of me like is part of me doesn't want doesn't want kanaya's heart to be broken part of me is just glad that we're focusing on the lesbians for once yeah honestly i'm just very excited for homestuck 2 just like I want these two to have a massive relationship. Like, I want Kanaya to be mad. Like, I want them to just fight and just, like, like I want them to just chill, to still date and by the end of the day. But, like, I want them to just really express their feelings and act on it. Like, not bottle up. Like, they, just, they shouldn't just date because they're Rosemary. They should, they like, like, because essentially Rose, considering that she did what she want, like, she wanted that to happen. It's just really just like, like, you have, you have a lot to explain. Yeah, but also Kanaya let her go, which is a whole other, and like, I know part of that was Dirk's influence, yes. But Kanaya also, like, Kanaya is also shown to be, like, kind of passive when it comes to these things. Like, um. Yeah especially when it comes to Rose. Like, it took her a while to speak up about Rose's alcoholism. And even when Rose wanted to have a conversation about it, because I was like, uh, I have to do this thing. And granted, mm-hmm. like, there was a lot going on then. But I do think that Kanaya does have trouble sometimes standing up to Rose. And except for, like, we do see her get angry at Rose, like, when Rose is, like, very, very drunk and... Bi- and building Cantown with the mayor, but oh, we don't. Yeah, yeah, we don't see like Kanaya. Kanaya doesn't like to tell people what's wrong, really. When she like and like, I remember she. We see her that we see that in her relationship with Riska, where she doesn't like tell Riska that she actually wants to be in a in a matesmanship. Like oh, we yeah, see Kanaya. Like- yeah, Kanaya's a passive person. In a lot of ways, and like you see that with Rose, all it was and Kanaya, Rose was always making the moves. Rose, like most, Rose was the one who invited Kanaya out on the date. And when Rose was late, 
Kanaya didn't say, didn't get upset that Rose was late for the date and drunk. Kanaya was just like, oh, okay. Which is, I mean, to be fair, like, if yeah. I was on a meteor with only, like, with, like, only, like, five other people, five, and, like, one of them, I wouldn't want to call out too many people for their behavior because it might get awkward real fast, but still. Uh, yeah, I, like, I was just thinking, we have, Rose's arc is very, very interesting. I mean, she's the second character to be introduced in the webcomic, but can I just doesn't really have such an extensive arc. Yeah, I think it's interesting because, like, we don't, a lot of Kanaya, Kanaya's arc is, like, directly tied to Rose or tied to, it's tied, either tied to Rose or, um, or motherhood. Yeah. Like, thinking about, like, Kanaya's arc, it really is about, like, like her crush on Risk and then her heartbreak and then moving on from it. But, and then there's really just, like, and then there's, like, Aridan destroying the matriarch. But, like, we never really see her grief all that much over it. We see her talking to Porin, which is, like, some a bit of development I got. It's really interesting how Porin teaches her, like, how to not shine all the time. And, like, and talking to Porin was really just, like, it eased her mind. Like, she really just, like, oh, yes, the matriarch is destroyed, but I'm sure we're going to figure something out, which eventually they do. It just yeah, it's just interesting and how uh, I really don't have it all in here. I, I didn't do my reason. I don't really remember what they talk about. I, f I think they talk a bunch about femininity and presentation and how like you shouldn't worry too much about it and it should just be. But I really don't remember. Um, and then yeah, and then, like she has all these conversations with Parin, which are like enlightening to her she just she just feels calmer about her role to um bring back to race to make a way to they so they can um I'm, I'm running out of words here oh i get that i get that yeah and the thing is i'm just realizing in homestuck 2 that's that's a that's the most i think we've ever seen kanaya talk about her feelings mm -hmm. yeah like when you think about it, Kanaya barely ever talks about herself. She's always, like, trying to help others, meddle others. Like, when you said, like, Kanaya never even said she liked Riska. She, they were, like, Moirails. She, like, friend-zoned herself. And she was, like, waiting for an opportunity yeah. to just, like, eventually confess her feelings. But then Riska was too busy with Tavro, so she just gave up on it. Even though their relationship was terrible. And even Frisco gave up on it. Yeah, no, I'm just, yeah, poor Kanai. Can you imagine, like, oh, yeah, like just Tavros of all people, like seeing the girl, like, uh, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get canceled for, for, for Tavros <laughs> slander. But, but, like, seriously, like, Briska and Tavros do not work together on any level. And can you imagine being Kanaya and just like seeing that? Like, yeah, like. Honestly, I would have been like, I, I don't, I don't blame her for being like giving up on Friskas because I'd be like, okay, this girl's like clearly trying to pursue like the, like the worst choice in relationships possible for her. I'm, I'm done here. Yeah, like, and and even in the dress Kanaya made for her, like, there's even that added layer. Like she thought, oh, Friska likes Real. me. She wants a dress for me. No, she wants to dress to Kim date with this guy. 
not much to talk about roses and Kanaya's arc. I don't know. Maybe I should read more deeply on it. Or maybe I just forgot and naturalize it. But I don't know. I don't feel like there's much to talk about. It's She's definitely one of the characters who, like, sits on, on the sidelines. Like, she's she's a great character, but we don't really get to see her go through a ton of development, frankly. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's why I'm excited for Homestuck 2. I want her to be angry. I want her to, like, let out her feelings. I want her to be, like... And I want, like... I want Rosemary to be messy, basically, because no relationship is perfect. And, like, I'm not saying we should all jump ship from Rosemary to, like, I don't know. Well, I see people going to Jade Can already, but, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I, we, need to have, we need to have Jet on for the Jade Can episode. Oh, yeah. Um, what was I thinking? I don't know. It's just, like, analyzing Kanaya, there's a bunch of things, like, she's the very definition of weaponizing femininity like literally her stripes passive is makeup kind it's not chainsaw kind she has a she has a lipstick that turns into a chainsaw her stripes passive is about makeup so she is very literally yeah. weaponizing honestly, femininity honestly that that kind of ties in like rose's festivus is needle kind and like um, knitting is also an, an activity that's like traditionally associated with like femininity, so they kind of goes together, mm-hmm. sort of. Yeah, and then there's like she, yeah, she's like she's a very passive person who takes joy in helping others. I mean, yeah, like she wants to help others and meddle and things. She's not like specifically the word meddle. She's always meddling and trying to help and fix others. I guess. Yeah. She and we do see her get angry, but like sometimes she just doesn't ex- like work through her feelings as much. I don't think. Like, I don't know. I remember she's just like, "Oh, I want to kill Gamzee," and I'm like, "Okay, fair, don't we all?" But um, but then like then all of a sudden she just gives up, and it's. I guess we don't really get to see her work through that. And I guess well, Gamzee killed a lot of people, so I really I really think they should have just let like I think I think. I think they should have just, people. Everyone should have just helped Kanaya there. I'm also I'm also anti Gamzy. <laughs> this is <laughs> the Gamtap fandom. The Gamtap the Gamtap fandom is canceling me as we speak. <laughs> I think we veered into Gam to anti Gamtap, which is fine. But I think back to Rosemary. I think we we don't see Kanaya go like. We see Kanaya angry, but only in short moments. I want her to be, like, continuously angry at Rose. Like, I read this really good fic. Um, it's, uh, let me find it. It's called, it's one of the fics that, um, that yeah. uh, we were, were supposed to read. But, um, for me, it's just Addict's Alchemy. Oh. Yeah, uh, by Cam94505. Do you want to talk about oh, wait, it? Wait, no. Cam 94509 on AO3. But just, just mentioning it, we do see, like, Kanaya be upset at Rose, and the two of them have fall- fallings out. and Falling out? Falling outs or fallings out? Falling, uh, falling outs? outs, I think. Yeah. Yeah, fallings out. It's like, that's <laughs> like, a, I don't know, like, what, attorneys general, <laughs> whatever. But, um, yeah, and I, I like seeing fix that explore Kanaya being angry. Oh yeah, a little more, and Kanaya saying, "Hey, you messed up," 
And I want Kanaya to tell Rose, you messed up. Like, because even if Dirk was messing around with narrative, like, there had to be a serious breakdown in communication. Mm-hmm. Then I also want, Ro- like, Kanaya to, like, Kanaya let Rose leave, too. And maybe, like, without Dirk's influence, she wouldn't have. We don't know. But still, it- it's not it's not unlike Kanaya to be passive in these situations. Yeah. Um, just going back to that topic, I think it's cool. I don't think Kanaya ever gave up on killing Yancy. I think she just never could, she never find, she never found him. And I, oh, I, I think I remember, um, like Kanaya telling Rose out on their first date or something that, no, don't worry, because Rose is like, if I tell you this secret about Gamzee, are you gonna kill him? And then <laughs> Kanaya says no. And I guess, I guess. I guess we all have. I also guess we all make mistakes. Kanaya's mistake was giving up on killing Gamzee, but um. Yeah, though though she tries to do it in Game Over. Yeah. I like how Kanaya just like, gets mad and decides someone deserves to die. Just like, oh no, you deserve to die, like at Gamzee and at Aridin. <laughs> Kanaya kills Dirk and Homestuck too. <laughs> That's what we're leading up to. I honestly want angry Kanaya. I want angry Kanaya. I love angry Kanaya. Same. I, I want her to be so angry. I want her to just... Because you were talking about like, how Kanaya does not talk about much of her feelings. Like Talking about your feelings in general is not something you see most of the characters do that much. Like Explicitly, directly talking about her feelings is something kind of rare. And Kanaya is really someone who yeah. barely talks about her feelings. They're all, they're all pretty repressed, aren't they? Yeah. And... But yeah, I think Rose has a bunch of walls up, and I guess that's a challenge that Rose has a bunch of walls up, and Kanaya doesn't talk about her feelings. Although Kanaya will push other people to open up, but she's hesitant when it comes to Rose. I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a challenge. Yeah, um, is there anything else I want to talk about? Let me see the outline here. We read the wid- wiz- wid- wizard, 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 wizard. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, wizard conversations. Oh, um, in Homestuck Two, wizard conversations. Or, well, not in Homestuck oh, Two, yeah. but the one that relates back to Homestuck. Oh yeah, 2. yeah, I have it um, open here. I opened here before. So, do you want to read it out okay. loud? Yeah. Okay. Wait, where did you, do you have it starting from? Or? Um, yeah, I'm looking up here. Um, sort of. This is going better. I think it's like, is that why you want to dissuade me for admittedly desirable investigation? Go play. Uh, no, I think we can start like a new hope. What's on the other side? No, you can. You don't have to start here. Is that why you want to dissuade me from my admittedly zealous investigation to go play dress up again? Because our time here is almost up, and you hope what's on the other side of the dark curtain for me is not some sort of corruption or damnation. Also, sort of. That's thoughtful of you to strive to pacify me as I scuffle down this black corridor. Wait, is that what I'm doing? Is it? On second thought, that's not what I want to do. Oh, that's a pity. Who will make sure my soul isn't forfeit in service of gods, then? Well, I hope that doesn't happen, but I'd rather not get stuck in that kind of pattern again. So we have... We have Rose here wanting to roleplay being like a dark wizard and Kanaya being like, I don't want to be your Moirail. But again, that's definitely like a bit of cultural um, misunderstandings there, I guess, when it comes to romance. But also, like, 
Kanaya in Homestuck 2, Kanaya's doing the same thing here. She's trying to, to save Rose, basically. Yeah, I think it's very interesting how Rose desires this role-play scenario that allows her for vulnerability. Like, she completely, she's, always, she's always rejecting to be vulnerable. But this role-play scenario almost enables her to do that. Like, I mean, like, what, what can she do? She's being um, corrupted by dark forces and needs someone to save her. It's like, it's a role-play scenario allowing her to bypass her, her bad coping mechanisms. Oh, Rose. Which is, which is almost what they're doing in Homestuck 2 now. Like, Rose yeah. is essentially being corrupted by dark or rather light forces. And can I... Dirk, has, dirk forces. <laughs> yeah, she's being corrupted by the Strider forces. And Kanaya has to save her. I think it's really cool how they're doing a direct reference to that dialogue and then and Rose's desired roleplay role play scenario into Homestuck 2 and almost like a parallel and allegory to that and how they're somehow like fulfilling Rose's roleplay scenario. Love Letters in Digital Ink is a fanfic by um, Tactful Nostalgic. Um, it And it's about... Um, Basically, it's about Rose. Um, a girl moves. Uh, a family moves in next door to the Lalons, and it's and surprise, it's the it's Kanaya and the other and Porim, and then Rose, because Rose is a teenager with no filter, um, posts everything about it on her blog, and basically saying, "I have a massive crush on this girl next door," in um. But with a lot more words than that, because she's Rose. Um, and Kanaya, who's been following Rose's blog forever, is su- suddenly is like, oh my gosh, I okay, this is great. I just don't know how to talk to her. So Kanaya messages Rose on, well, I guess it's supposed to be Tumblr or whatever. But, and, but the catch is that Rose doesn't know it's Kanaya. So Rose and Kanaya are flirting with each other in real life and then they're just developing this friendship online but Rose doesn't know it's the same person. Is that too convoluted or? It just, no, I like it. I really like it. It just, I think you just forgot to say in the start that um, that the fig follow Rose, like mainly Rose's blog. Oh yeah, it's um, the format of the, like, it's all Rose's blog posts and then occasional messages messages between Rose and Kanaya or Rose and um, Dave or whatever. Yeah, it's really interesting. Rose has a witchy blog. She's, just, she's like, she's a Tumblr witch and she's always, she's posting about this retro she wants to do, but also constantly replying to others and talking about like gems and stones and sigils and flowers. And yeah. And she's pretty popular, apparently. Like, she has, like, tons of followers. Yeah, and it's so cool. Like, she she calls the ask box a query box, right? No, no, it's not query. Because she's inquiry. Rose. Yeah, it's her inquiry box. Yeah. It's like, it's so, it's so, it's one character. Like, she's such a, a entitled teenager. Like, she wants everyone to, think how cool she is 
And the conflict itself is, like, designed for Rosemary. Because, like, of course, because Kanaya sort of looks up to Rose, and Kanaya's very passive about these things. So, of course, Kanaya waits too long to say, oh, hey, um, the girl you like and also the girl who's been messaging you online are the same person. Um, of course, Kanaya waits too long. And, of course, Rose gets angry because Rose has been vulnerable without realizing it and feels like she's been betrayed. Both Rose and Kanaya are like written so well and yes there's just so wow they're so in character and like the central conflict essentially of the the it's of the fig is basically um since like rose is falling for like kanaya in real life and kanaya is talking to Ro- rose online but rose doesn't know that like Kanaya is talking to her online and Kanaya keeps digging herself into a hole here by not telling her because Rose will be asking advice to um the to Kanaya without knowing it's Kanaya on how to date Kanaya. So it's basically like exactly like the kind of convoluted ridiculousness that these two would definitely get into. Yeah. But yeah, it's also like the conflict it's so like tailored to them because one thing about Kanaya is that she's actually like she's kind of a pass you can be a very passive person in her relationships and be scared to bring things up we see in canon with like Riska that she's like hesitant to like bring up anything like liking her in any other way so she keeps the relationship kind of pale but um we also see that she doesn't like for a while, at least, she doesn't um, talk, have a conversation with Rose about Rose and her s- substance abuse. And so, Kanaya not wanting to tell Rose that, uh, actually, I'm this person that you've been messaging for a while, um, and who also, like, has been, I've been reading all your blog posts about me, which, like, that's very in character for her. And if if it were, like, someone else than Rose, I think Ro- they'd be, like, react better to it. But the one thing Rose hates is feeling that someone else has the upper hand. And Kanaya has had, because of this, Kanaya's had the upper hand in every single date or interaction that they, every time they've hung out. Kanaya has had the upper hand, and Rose feels like a fool. And so no wonder she feels like her trust has been shattered. Oh yes, it's so good. It's so in character. It's like it's a fix specifically made made for them. Like specifically made for how complicated they are and how scared they are to get in a relationship. Yeah. It's also I love that Rose just posts her entire life on her blog because that's <laughs> I can like that's very yeah. Rose. And like yeah, I it's I think very my yeah, my favorite, like, everyone is messaging her, well, Dave's messaging her, messaging her, like, why the hell do you, are you posting all of this? And then Rose is just over here, like, talking about Kanaya, the time Kanaya, like, touched the lace on her, on the neckline of her nightgown and goes, it was unquestionably the most erotic moment of my life, and she posted on her blog with, like, 1,000 followers at least, and so... Yeah, like it's so in character for Rose to even be defensive about how she posts about other people's personal lives. 
I love how Rose is just kind of a jerk in this fic, and she's always like, especially to Roxy, and she's just always like being condescending and defensive about everything because it's just very Rose. Yeah, I really like Roxy in this fic too. Ro the rock, the background Roxy and Porum is actually pretty great. Yeah, it's really good. Oh yeah, one thing I wanted to mention is how Kanaya having Rose's blog as information about Rose is just very fitting as how in canon Kanaya had Rose's FAQ to know about Rose too. Yeah, it's so definitely yeah, it definitely sets up that um Kanaya puts her on like a bit of a pedestal almost or like really looks up to her and like I don't know, can like can you imagine like you go to like your favorite blog or this person that whose posts you've been like listening to a while and it's like reading a while and you've been like and they've helped you through all these hard times without even knowing it and all of a sudden you check their blog and they're posting about your biceps <laughs> yeah it's so absurd it's funny i like i was reading this fanfic a long time ago but i dropped it because it was weird how much it like rose talk about other people on her blog it's just so funny like why am i feeling weird about a fictional character being invasive of other fictional characters uh, privacy like like this is a really well this is a really good way of telling the fanfic by using blog posts uh, and it's definitely also like very 15 year old like 15 year olds are still figuring out the boundaries of people's privacy oh yeah it, it's just so good like it's so rosemary it fits so well everything just works so well yeah and i love the little bits where in the blog post where she talks about like she like says okay um like arsenic catnip asked about um what jasper's looked like he's a cat he was a cat with a white splotch on his nose and this and that and then when she talks about like when it's like i will not i have blocked terminally capricious for <laughs> yeah, <it's so laughs> for using good. goat for for killing a like a it's implied gamzy killed a cat <laughs> and oh. That's so, like, and use the blood instead of goat blood in the sacrifice, which, oh, and yeah, if you're still listening and for some reason you haven't read the, um, this fic, it, Rose runs, like, an occult blog, which is very in character. And then, um, it's just so good, like, Rose's blog posts are so good, like, how she, how she, uh, calls the ask box, the inquiry box, how she tells oh about God. her mood and the weather and put put a date on her posts like it's so in character yeah and she like the thing about rose is that she's full of herself in a bit of a lovable way so of course she's gonna post like she feels like all of her life is like i get that i've been like i've been a 15 year old with a blog like i get being like okay like, if I had that many followers at age 15, I would have definitely gone to my head and I would have been like, okay, like, here's my life now. This is obviously interesting to you. And I'm going to put this all out there because it's also implied that, like, she doesn't, like, she has friends, but, like, like a few. Although, like, oh, she, yeah. yeah. She says how she doesn't have many IRL friends, how oh. she's lonely and it's very in character. And I do like how by the end she even says how she's taking a break from social media and she's moved kind of stop. Yeah, it's definitely the healthiest point for the two of them, too. Well, 
I think it's great because Homestuck at its core is about lonely kids, and most of them haven't ha- have haven't had a lot of IRL interactions with people, um, oh, or at least yeah. don't have a lot of IRL friends. And this and Love Letters and Digital Ink is a fic basically basically about two girls who are scared to communicate normally. So one posts on the blog on her everything on her blog, and the other one messages her crush but doesn't let her crush know who she is yeah it's like it's very good like writing 15 year old olds not knowing how to interact and like especially flirt like she's just they're so scared rose is just like constantly coming up with reasons for why kanaya hates her and it's just like queen of self-doubt yeah it's definitely like if you look into it, it's like it's almost a critique about like the presence of social media in the life of teens and how it can actually make things like more difficult, even though especially when people put share their entire life somewhere. And like definitely the difference, because like if Kanaya and Rose both shared the same amount of their blogs, they would be like, oh, okay, I know this person. But everyone has a different level. And I do think that obviously like I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get like super deep about this, but yeah, I just think it's really it's it's a very good and like modern way to approach it because like I, I mean most people aren't out there posting like things on their blogs like it was un the most it was it was unquestionably the most erotic moment of my entire life <laughs> or whatever it said, but you know. Oh yeah, it, it's exaggerated. It's it's fiction, it, it's allowed to do that, like yeah, but like it's good. Yeah, there would be some that one person who would, and that one person is Rose. Oh yeah, and uh, I don't know. It's just like it makes me emotional in the way, like um, the way I miss being a seventeen-year-old on high school reading fanfiction. It's just so absurd. Like I can still read fanfiction. Why do you want to be a seventeen-year-old reading fanfiction? Like, what's the difference? <laughs> I get that. Yeah. But yeah, this fanfic just really makes me miss my teen years. Yeah, same. Like, I'm remembering, like, my first, like, crushes and, like, girlfriends. And, like, well, my first girlfriend when I was, like, a teen. And, like, just, or, like, even summer camp, like, when I would like a girl. And it would be so awkward. And, like, we would, like, text. And it was just weird. And, like, nobody knew exactly what they, like, wanted or what to say. But, like... It's it's cute. Yeah, being a teenager is, is so messy, and the fanfic's so good. Like Rose is really a jerk so many times, and Kanai is like um like she's so insecure about telling she loves Rose. Kanai also like like they both commit like definite breaches of privacy. Like like they definitely both make big mistakes when it that when it comes to like how they use social media i um kanaya doesn't t- is dishonest with rose basically about who she is and rose just writes everything out there just puts everything like yeah neither of these are great ways to like communicate and like i'm going to be honest like i don't know what i would do if i like went on tumblr and i saw like like someone I followed, I'd been following for a while, like so, saw that, saw my name there, I would be like, what the hell? 
Like, even if I thought they were super cool, I would have, I don't know how I would react. And yeah, exactly. It's it's such a weird situation. And now, uh, yeah, I like to explain a little, a little how, like, after Kanaya tells Rose that she is growing auxiliary tricks, and then she, and then just like, when Rose just like rejects her, and then like after that, Rose just like constantly coming up with reasons why Kanaya hates her. Like, she's, she's just scared to go back to Kanaya because, yeah, she was betrayed, but she's constantly being like, oh, Kanaya must hate me now. Oh, she must have moved on. And she's like, oh, it's just, it's just so much in character. And she also, like, gets angry because she's like, surely Kanaya was laughing at me this whole time, this silly girl who didn't know how to talk to her crush. And it's like, no, Kanaya wasn't. But I can certainly understand why Rose would be angry. It's like... Oh, yeah, it, it's so good. Like, Rose is so scared of everything. She's just she's just so scared of like, the exact situation that she is on, that someone just has, like, knows that, that information that's not... Kanaya's just not supposed to know these things. And she feels betrayed that Kanaya has this advantage over her. Yeah, because it would feel really weird to me if I was, like, in a... Like, I was if my crush knew all my insecurities about them. And, like, I would know my crushes, but I wouldn't know it was them. Mm, yeah. And imagine, especially, like, in high school, that's definitely, like, very much, like, imagine you, like, like it'd, it'd be terrifying to see the person that you've just, like, started, like, a relationship yeah. with. Um, yeah, like, I'm an adult now, and I just understand more about feelings and stuff, but being a teenager is so messy. Yeah, like, you share a feeling, and you're instantly like, oh my god, why did I do that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, being being a teenager is the PvP-enable zone of ages. <laughs> <laughs> did you come up with that? Yeah, just now, I guess. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, maybe I'll post that later. But, oh, that fix so good. And, like, going to the trans Kanaya stuff, I didn't even remember that fic had trans Kanaya stuff. I was just reading, and then Rose saying, just like, your name, Kanaya, what? You know, your name, the thing your parents gave you after you were born. Kanaya's just like, oh, I don't really go by that anymore, because it was a boy name. It was just like, I, was, I just got so much got by surprise. I really didn't expect that. I just got so happy, just... Every scene, I just imagined Kanaya being trans. Even like, I, I don't really know the author, but I don't think they're trans. So I understand that they really didn't want to explore the trans thing much. But every, like, the three scenes that really discussed Kanaya being trans are just so good. I think it was, like, really well done. And I think it's, like, shown that, like, I think a lot of, I don't know, like, a lot of people don't really get nervous about writing trans people without making that the entire focus of their experience and like this is a really good job of people like saying like doing a good job of, like not i mean in my perspective it's a good really good job of like okay i'm not entirely sure how to handle this but it's like it's not like it's not the most it's not the central thing of the fic you know it's just it's just part of it yeah i really yeah, it's very well done, and just, like, it's there, but it's really not a main focus. And, again, I don't remember who the author is, but it's, like, I think there are trans women, so it really is, in which must feel weird, the focus. So, I really like how, like, it's a background thing, but it's there. Like, after she just 
like Kanae just said how she's trans. I was just like imagining all the scenes of Kanae as a trans woman. And like I really like how just Rose is always describing Kanae as being attractive and beautiful, especially as a trans woman. And um and again, like writing a trans woman centric fic when you're not a trans woman, it's always gonna be a complicated thing. So I, I really understand that they didn't focus that that much. Read the um the trans rose fic, or I'm pretty sure I did, but it was so long ago. I really liked it. I think it it's also like very much. I think it's just very good. Um, and it shows like it highlights the support that the support like mutual support that's like the core of Rosemary. Mm, yeah, I really liked that fic when I read it. I remember I got really emotional and stuff, but yeah, I can't really remember plot points and stuff, but it was really good. Which other fix did you read on here? Okay, um, yeah, I read the Pirate AU one and the just the Jade Rosemary Holiday one. So I don't think we have like a lot of overlap. I read Addicts Alchemy by Cam94509 which was about, like, Rose... It was rose focus and dealing with alcoholism and recovery in the retcon timeline. It was really good. I think since we don't have a lot of overlap, it's okay for us to, like, just talk about the one we read, and then we can put up a link to the other fix that we read. Okay, you can follow us on Twitter at... What's our Twitter again? <laughs> uh, it's um, Brats, right? Um, it... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just flighty I, broads. I, at, yeah, flighty broads on Twitter. And, um, yep. And we'll, I guess, when we figure out whether we're on SoundCloud or whatever, um, we can say, listen to us here. Or, yeah. Yes. We plan on making more episodes exploring other femslash ships. You can follow us individually, me as Worst Girl Ever Everywhere. And me at Inarguable Axis on Twitter and Tumblr. Thank you for listening. And and I think this is where we do a funny catchphrase, but we don't have one yet. <laughs> we'll have one eventually. Yeah, love women. Love women. That that's good. Mm-hmm.